Have you been eating broccoli for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week and still not losing weight? Have you been exercising daily, cutting all the carbs like chips, white bread, flour, and hamburger buns? Still not getting in shape? Well, who said that was the way to do it? Health professionals? Screw those guys. My name is Dickie D. Cherokee Farmsworth, and today I'm going to tell you the one magic trick that will get your body in shape. You see these beautiful abs? You see these magnificent triceps and shoulder muscles? You want to know how I got to this kind of frame? Shooting up heroin out of a dirty needle. Seriously, 9 out of 10 degenerates recommend it. You can start by doing it on Saturdays just to see how it feels. And then you graduate into other stuffs. Like free and cocaine, taking a dump on your sister's porch. It's a whole routine, baby. Become a degenerate today. Don't you just love those commercials? They show up on YouTube just out of nowhere. Some guy you've never seen before. You're, you're in the middle of your Wendy Williams video, whatever the fuck you're watching, and then just bam. Here comes this guy with an eight-pack on his back. And he's telling you that all the things that you've been doing to get in shape, you're following all the basic rules that have been recommended by actual people that know their shit. And here just some guy who's lifting weights in his garage is telling you that all of that is bullshit. I mean, you're getting up in the morning. You're, you're, you're after, after going to sleep at 9 p.m. You're an early riser. You're, eating, you're drinking kale smoothies and shoving a cucumber up your ass, all of these different steps in order to, like, what you think is good for getting in shape, the things that, the tips that people give you, you're following all of those, and just some guy is just, like, is just scamming you because he wants you to, I'm here, buy my creatine, buy this big pail of creatine. I know it's the size of a cardboard box, but, I mean, it's going to last you the whole winter. Just have it with every meal, and it's, uh, no, and, and, it, it's not, I know it looks like cement, but it's not. It's something that you can easily blend in the blender. Oh, it's all a ruse. All of it. So there's a new lockdown, everybody. I hope you guys have all been waiting. Lock your doors, hide under your beds, because COVID is coming for you. And it's coming for the family. You better have you better be living with a group under five people because it's a, if it's over five, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to kick somebody out. That's just the way it goes when you're dealing with survival. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but now seems like a good time to teach your kids self-reliance. I mean, you take I don't know how you're gonna decide if you draw straws or whatever, but the person who draws the, the shortest one gets to live in the garden shed for the winter. I mean, there's enough space in there. Just take out the lawnmower and the pool noodles. Slide some pieces of salami under the door. Hopefully the crack is wide enough. If not, then they're just going to have to eat the dead squirrels. But seriously, I mean, your grandparents survived by eating out of trash cans during the 1930s. You can do the same thing. You can do it. It's time to get draconian. Live like Grandpa Joe for a month. I, for one, am quite excited about the lockdown. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm back at home with my family. And yes, we do have a group for your information. 
of under five people. I have my two sisters here. They're younger than me. They live at home. And I have my parents who also live at home. We have not booted them out. And I have come, and I'm uh, spending probably the next week just relaxing. I got to get out of my place. I'm, I'm in my own head, getting a little worked up. Nothing to worry about, but, you know, you, you get a little loopy over time. And uh, there's enough space, man. Like, I, I feel like I'm actually able to kind of walk around. I feel like an animal who's being let out into a sanctuary. I'm no longer in a, in a zoo, in a cage, and just kind of... I've always said, like, my place is like... My place is like I have a kitchen and then a television next in, in the same room and a bed in the same... I feel like I'm living in a Swedish prison cell. All I need is a good old hamster wheel. I feel right at home. Yeah, I mean, we have a whole schedule of activities, family things that we're going to do. Even after Christmas, we're going to keep with them until pretty much the new year. But we got like a whole thing. Like we have a, we have a time schedule. Like we have a timeline, you know, 11 a.m., eggnog, getting day drunk, noon, building gingerbread houses, day drunk. And then we just keep going, doing all these funny little things. And then, bam, 8 p.m. by that time, we're pretty much fighting in the hallway with inanimate objects. Just sword fighting with little miniature candy canes. My youngest sister is going to take the mini Santa Claus just right over her back, like fucking WrestleMania 5. I mean, that's what happens when you, do, when you don't grow up with a younger brother, okay? I mean, there's plenty of benefits to being the youngest child, but sometimes you just got to fucking deal with wrestling moves. It's how it is. My dad's known to get a little rowdy during this time of year. I mean, he's great. He's functioning. He, he, does, he does his thing. My mom's the same way, too. They're probably going to end up dance fighting at some point. But we're Irish Catholics. We've become civilized. We've evolved. Progress, everybody. We're not the same, th we're not the same people we were in 1864 in the Five Points. Things have gotten better since Gangs of New York. No, my dad is a good gentleman. I don't want to tarnish his name. He did break a gingerbread house that we had built when we were kids. Um, but he, was, he did it to make a point, and that point was that he was king of the castle. We don't really know what that meant, but hey, the red wine bottle was empty. And he was wearing a Santa Claus hat, and it was Christmas Eve. He fucking earned it. <laughs> Again, also... Uh, also embellished also embellished he did not need to drink the red wine okay just just so you know he did he didn't drink the red wine ah man no my dad's a great guy very insightful i've learned a lot from him over over the years had plenty of deep conversations with him over beer and chicken wings because that's the aesthetic that's what you want that's the mood you want to set between a father-son conversation, you want to have the beer, the wings, anything that increases the testosterone so you show less emotion. Because God forbid you let out your feelings like a bunch of chicks. God forbid you tell that woman you love her. Whatever. You let out a tear. Execute him. No, we've had some pretty emotional, we've had some pretty good talks over time. Every father-son conversation should be like a well-written movie scene. You know, like those beautiful scenes in movies that are just so perfectly crafted. Again, cinephile here, just talking. 
they're so beautifully crafted. Like it's it's not only a conversation, but people are doing something in the middle of it. Like Pulp Fiction, yeah, they're waiting to enter that guy's apartment building, but they're standing out on the hall and having a conversation about foot massage. Like it's just it's this really intricate thing that engages people. That's what a father son conversation should be about. Not talking about foot massages, but talking about you know the stuff. Talking about real things just over something. Because nobody wants to just watch a conversation between two duds sitting on opposite ends of the sofa. One guy's giving his son life advice. And yeah, you know, you really just need to reach into your heart and accept it. The word accept just, you know, just flies around all the time. You want to have it in a manly place. You want to have it in a restaurant. Or if you want to up the ante, do it in a strip club. Me, me and my dad have not done that yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm expecting it at some point. I'm expecting, hopefully my 30th birthday, my dad just walks in and says, hey, let's go pay for some Ukrainian ladies' immigration papers. And we go. I would love to have a meaningful life talk with my dad in a VIP section over lap dances. Just me and the two of us talking. It's like, yeah, I will go for my dreams. Thank you. Hey, have you heard the new Future song? This is bumping. I, I like this. Is that T-Pain on the court? Oh, my God. I never thought I'd see them collaborate. Please, titties out of the face. I, I appreciate it. Okay, did you go to a Catholic school? Leave room for Jesus. All right? Trying to have a discussion here. Seriously, who do we talk to? The DJ? Let's slide him a 20. Get that uh, T-Pain Future song on loop. Uh, no, good, good guy, my dad, good guy, my mom. I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, have that shit. We're a bunch of fucking crazies, but <laughs> I'd rather be crazy than be boring, you know? I don't know how to feel about this new lockdown, though. I really do not. I, I, I have mixed feelings like everybody. I know this is a real thing. I mean, I'm... I'm annoyed with the lockdown, but I'm not annoyed enough to join a rally. You know what I mean? And that might seem really passive. A lot of my friends who live in basements might call me a sheep. But I, I'm just that guy. I, I, I'm, I'm not passionate enough about anything to just go to just, just be among a group of other people who are passionate. You know? I'd rather just stay inside and stare at the fucking ceiling and just hope this all goes well. It probably won't, but it's what it is. I mean, those rallies are, like, you see them, and a lot of them have good, a lot of people have good points, okay? There's people who are out of work, they're not being properly compensated by the government, they have families, and yeah, they're concerned about businesses going out. But you'll see other people, and you'll look at them, and you'll go, you'll see other people that are being interviewed, and they always get those people because, you know, you want to make it on YouTube, right? They always interview the just the people... They're, they're never the rational ones. They're the guys who are just like, yeah, no, I, I, I think that this is all a ruse from, I, I think Disney has orchestrated this whole thing because they just want us to be inside and just binge Mandalorian and the new 112 Dalmatians movie. I, I really think that this is what's going on. And uh, by the way, I think Marvel's in on it too. And they're actually deploying real life uh, supervillains to oversee us all and make sure that we're staying indoors. And um yeah, and uh, I, I'm also hearing that when when 
the third lockdown starts, one of the penalties is not going to be the $800 fine, but they're actually going to come in your home and chop off both of your hands. Yeah, so you're, you're not going to be able to turn your doorknob to get outside. You're going to just be physically stuck indoors, and you're going to have to live like those people who, you know, they're born without arms, and they have to use their feet for everything. You know, they rise to the occasion, and it's, it's pretty admirable, but I, I don't want to live like that. And you'll listen to these people just go on and on and on and on and on. And you'll go, okay, this person's on the moon. They are not here on Earth with us at this very moment. This person is in an alternate universe where... So it's, it's kind of the split thing. It's between people who are really worried and they're out there and they're complaining. So it's, it's never this cut and dry thing. And then there's people who are... They're equivalent to the crazy cousin that shows up at Thanksgiving. I'm starting to sympathize more with the conspiracy people. I've never really been a huge fan. I've argued with a lot of them. I mean, I, I enjoy a fun conspiracy theory, but I keep mine simple. I keep mine at Bigfoot. And that's pretty much it. I keep mine at cryptozoology. That's I, I don't really go further than that. But I can I can I can empathize with a lot of these conspiracy theorists during this time. You know? I can see where they're coming from, even though I don't necessarily agree and I don't indulge a lot of that shit. I, I, I know how it forms in their head, and it is a lot. And the lockdown does kind of elevate it to a greater degree, you know. And I, I feel it being locked inside. I feel just kind of the tension and the pressure and just the mental stress, especially somebody who's living by themselves. It's fucked up, man. Like, you know. Any and this is how quarantines work and people being isolated. Any mood that you were feeling before this is only going to be amplified by massive amounts of time inside, not really seeing or talking to anybody. You know, so if you were sad before the lockdown, you're going to be sad during the lockdown. You're going to be even more sad during life. If you were pissed off, you're going to be even more pissed off. That's how it works. So if you're somebody who's one of those overthinkers. And you just dwell on something over and over again, and you try to look for greater answers to things. You're going, it it is going to be like that, but on fucking steroids during a pandemic quarantine. You know, so all of a sudden, just you you just start thinking crazy, and one simple thing becomes something that is just like a fantasy. But you start believing it, and you start going on online about. It. So it all of a sudden becomes. So all of a sudden, the garbage men outside that come every Thursday, those guys are not garbage men. They're actually men in black who happen to drive garbage trucks, posing as garbage men. But really, they're taking your trash to secret headquarters. And at those secret headquarters, they're tallying up all the products that you're buying, so they can make come to a conclusion about who you are and what to do with you. Okay, so they're taking this big, oh, he has a box of condoms. All right, well, maybe we don't need to poison his water to make him sterile. After all, he's doing the legwork for us. And judging by the size of these condoms, he's got a third leg. So he'll get there even quicker. It's that kind of shit that just goes over and over. So that's how it forms. So I see where a lot of that is coming from. But it's what it is. Ah. <sighs> I'm really starting to feel the no smoking. I know my last episode I talked about how my anxiety's gone away, my depression, but I'm feeling more anxious. I don't know if it's the Christmas stress, a little bit of that old, you know, the, the, 
the Christmas um, Christmas stomach, Christmas nerves, all that shit that I'm just feeling. I've never felt it more than this year. Um, and it's just, it's, it's this confluence of things, everything from, you know, my packages not arriving on time to the pandemic. And it's all kind of correlated. It's, it's all kind of coming together to form just this whirlwind of fucking stress, but I'm getting through it. Uh, but the smoking, uh, I don't know how to feel about it right now. Um, I do know one thing, no matter how bad it gets and you know what, I'm being selfish the way I've been talking about it. Maybe maybe I have just this weird gene where it's not affecting me the same way it's affecting other people. I mean, I've had in the two months, almost three months that I've been off cigarettes, I've had just these cravings that have gone away after I drink water or I exercise. I'm, I'm never suffering for prolonged periods of time because I haven't had a cigarette. I know a lot of people, they've gone through absolute hell if, they're, if they go an hour without a smoke. That's bad. Like, let alone three, two and a half months. I mean, that's almost impossible for some of them. So I think it, it varies depending on who you're talking to, but I've definitely had a fucking easier go. Whoa, has it been more simple? I'm just, right now, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just getting more stressed, and I just, I feel like, either way, it's not like quitting heroin. I don't know what, I, I think that was Big Tobacco that said that. I don't know if other people have felt the the s- s- symptoms that are close to or equal to heroin addiction, but I certainly haven't. I, d- I don't know what that is. I think it was a lie that people told us, you know, to get people to not quit. And honestly, when I started quitting as a teenager, I dreaded the day I would have to one day stop because I feared that it would be like, oh, is it really like getting off of smack? Is it really like getting off of that shit? The junk... And I, I have no, like, again, I've never kicked heroin. I've never done heroin. Like, I've never done any of that shit. But I can only imagine, judging by the stories that I've heard of people getting off, it's nothing really close to, I mean, somebody who's quitting smokes can't really relate to that. It's a pain in the ass, but it's not that. I don't know too many people who, you know, I, I never once had cold sweats and hallucinations, all because I hadn't fired up a Pall Mall in two days. Yeah, I think that's a load of bullshit. But again, I could be wrong. It could just be me from my stupid perspective, and somebody else could have had it ten times worse. But I did smoke for ten years, so and I was quite addicted, so I don't know. I think I know a thing or two. <laughs> Yeah, heroin addiction, I, I think that's a bit of a reach. I mean, there's nobody really laying in a jail cell, sweating their ass off, screaming and crying, having visions of Joe Camel. Or maybe there is, and I'm just full of, like, again, I'm a suburban kid with a dumb, whitey perspective. It's what it is. That's That's all I got for you. <laughs> so you can keep listening, or you can tune out. Something's Off Podcast on Instagram, guys. Don't forget to follow me on there, and don't forget to follow me on Spotify, everybody. Take it easy.